0: Hey, welcome to the Resilient Strength Podcast. I am your host, Naomi, head coach and owner of East Coast Strength in Pocketuck, Connecticut. And this is episode 19. So, in this episode, we're going to continue in our series about program design. And we talked in previous episodes about the first two principles of periodization, which is in episode 12, we looked at period, what periodization is and how the principle of specificity drives our direction towards our end goal. And in episode 13, we talked about the principle of overload and what supercompensation is and how we achieve that. So, today we're going to look at the principle of variation. So, when we looked at the principle of overload, we discussed supercompensation, which is as a new training stimulus is introduced, you know, fitness decreases while our fatigue increases because it's something new right then as our body adapts to that new training stimulus the order becomes reversed so fitness then increases with adaption as fatigue decreases because we're becoming a little bit more used to what we're doing this is how we improve our level of fitness and performance above what that current baseline is also in the meantime we're also keeping in mind fatigue management So this new training stimulus that is introduced at the beginning of a program and after supercompensation is variation. So let's first look at what variation is and then we're going to circle back to how it applies to programming and to your training. So programming variables are extensive. There's a lot to consider when we come, uh, when we think about variation for our programming. It includes volume, frequency, load exercise selection type of muscle action, uh, rest length in terms of how long you're resting, repetition, duration, which might be considered time under tension, exercise order, range of motion, you know, partial versus full. And yes, there are some actual benefits to partial range of motion. And there's also intensity. So variation is not random movements or, you know, other variables that uh, might cause say muscle confusion because you know muscle confusion isn't a real thing and randomness does not produce adaptation at, at least not long-term consistent adaption. you might see some you know acute changes from doing some random movements but over the long term when we're looking at you know achieving a specific goal it's not going to produce too much of an adaptation in that way so many people follow random programming and that's why it works for a short while, you know, it's going to have that acute variable, but the results are not continuous and that person will quickly reach a plateau and stagnate because there isn't consistency towards specific change in variables that progress towards, you know, a goal. So the varying methods of strength training include hypertrophy, endurance, strength, and power speed. So we've discussed some of those different uh, methods in previous episodes. So like in the past two episodes, episode 17 and 18, we discussed plyometrics and power-based training. So those are in terms of like power and speed. We're talking about the rate of force production. We're talking about velocity. We're talking about fast twitch type muscle movements, and those are just methods. They're not really uh principles, so to speak. So, any of the strength training methods can have a benefit to a program but it's really the specificity that is not that will rather uh, determine what is going to be included and how so we talked in you know the previous episodes about how plyometrics might help how using bands or chains might help but those are methods and we have to first determine exactly what it is that we want to achieve And that's going to help to tell us, is this method in terms of bands, chains, plyometrics, or what have you, is this method going to help me or not? And if it's not really going to be specific towards my goal, should I be using it? So like all principles, variation is not exclusive, but it's rather considered along with the other two principles that we talked in previous episodes, you know, specificity and overload. So variation works closely with overload, you know, like I mentioned before, and you cannot have one without the other. But variation and overload are not really anything without specificity. So producing an adaption means that we are producing an overload on types of variation that will lead toward that specificity. If you look at the cover art for these episodes in episode 12, the cover art was a funnel and that funnel leads from a wider range of non-specific and varied exercises labeled variety to then overload which is you know the method of super compensation by using variety then it goes to specificity which is you know say your sport if you're competing in the sport of powerlifting your specificity is the squat bench and deadlift, right? It's getting stronger. And that will then funnel down to the goal. And what is your goal? If you're competing and you have to, you know, make it to a nationals competition, well, it's being able to get in t- onto that podium, right? So let's further break down the key variations of exercise, selection, volume, load, and intensity, which are three very key variations and we'll talk in detail about how to incorporate these. And I'm really going to focus on these three key variations. You know, even though I mentioned earlier, all the different variations that you can consider, these three ones are just absolutely integral to having some good programming. So exercise selection. So there are five main movement patterns or variations. You have the squat, hinge, Upper body and lower body push you have the upper body and lower body pull and you have locomotion and locomotion can be loaded or unloaded i personally love loaded but of course it's not always necessary movement patterns have several variations that will then change the muscles the angles the mechanics of the movement but when it gets back right down to it you know it's still the movement right a back squat in its simplest form is what It's a squat variation, but which squat variation you do within a training week, a month, or even within the full program depends upon your goal, as well as what strengths and weaknesses you need to address in terms of like asymmetry, mobility, uh, coming out of the hole, those kinds of things. So the further you are from the end goal of your program timeline, then the less specific the exercise selection is going to be. But then as you get closer to your goal or, you know, in some cases to competition, then the more specific you're going to get with that variation. So let's say, for example, you're working on deadlifts. You might use block pulls or deficit deadlifts, which are less specific, maybe in the first month of a powerlifting program. So like block pulls might help with somebody who has a really hard time locking out at the top. Whereas deficit deadlifts might help somebody who has a really hard time initiating that pull from the ground. Then, you know, as you get closer to, you know, testing your one rep max, or maybe getting ready for a competition, that's when you start to switch out that variation for more standard deadlifts or, um, for some sumo deadlifts. So when determining what exercise variation that you're going to use in your training, you first have to ask yourself why. And is this beneficial to my specific goal? A really great quote that I saw by Dr. John Rusin was, you must have a clear cut why behind every exercise in your program. If you can't clearly clearly determine why you were doing something, maybe you shouldn't be doing it at all. Now I'm all for trying out a new exercise every now and then for the fun of it. You know, we all see these really cool exercises going on in Instagram and YouTube. Um, you know, right now there's a, a Thor challenge that's going on in terms of you know lifting a, a barbell, an empty barbell, or even a weighted barbell from one end of the bar. You know, I'm all for trying that, all that kind of new stuff and seeing what you can do. But you know, really, you have to ask yourself: Is that exercise going to be beneficial for me in the long term? If so, in what way is it going to lead towards the sport specificity and overload to help you peak towards your goal? You know, we also want to consider how fatiguing that exercise might be on our sport specific exercises and how fatiguing it might be over time. Could the exercise add fatigue that would otherwise take away the adaption you would get from other exercises? So the, a good example of this is if you're looking at the accessory exercises that you can use within your programming, if you're doing a bunch of accessory exercises, but you're not doing as much in terms of the specific uh, bigger movements, are you adding so much fatigue that you're taking away from the benefits that you could get from the bigger movements? You know, if you're looking at doing a shit ton of, you know, muscle building stuff, arm stuff, getting those biceps in, core work, that kind of stuff, you know, if you're looking at adding so much of that, because you know, a lot of us will kind of go back and forth between wanting to work out for performance purposes and also wanting to look good. And when we add so much stuff to look good, then that might take away from our performance hope that makes sense so the next question which will then lead us into volume is are you doing an optimal amount of certain movement variations for your intended goal so are you doing so much of that accessory stuff that you're not doing enough of the stuff that you should be doing or are you doing so much of the stuff that you like to do that you're not doing enough of the stuff that you really should be doing because you're kind of weak at that so for example i would rather deadlift than squat and if it weren't for how much deadlifts fatigue me or i just generally know better as a coach i would probably do more deadlift variations than i do squats and the same can be said for just about everything else you know volume is is also going to have a really big impact on this in terms of the volume and the total number of sets and repetitions. So we don't want to do so much of something that we're taking away from another thing. And it can be the number of exercises in an exercise, a whole workout or a week that will equal that total volume. So volume involves the various manipulations of sets times reps, meaning lower sets and higher reps, moderate sets with moderate reps or higher sets with lower reps so for example we have three sets and reps that will equal approximately the same total amount of volume we have three times eight so three sets of eight reps which equals 24 total reps we have five sets by five reps which equals 25 reps and you know that's just one extra rep whatever then we have eight sets of three reps which also equal 24 reps. But the arrangement has specific purpose and intent, right? And they don't necessarily use the same intensity. And we're going to discuss that in a minute. So having a really good intention towards the specificity of the program, that whole cycle, you know, in terms of the goal and the intention of each workout should direct how volume and intensity are varied. So just doing more for the sake of doing more won't help us reach supercompensation in fact it's going to help us to reach supercompensation far too quickly to the point that we don't supersede our baseline instead we just keep on pushing 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 staying below our baseline because we're doing too much and in that point we're kind of overtraining. So we want to consider how we can best and most efficiently vary the total volume for the purpose of super compensation. So more is not better, more is just more. So the number of reps are in line with the intensity that's lifted. So we wanna think lower reps for higher intensities, you know, pretty straightforward, right? Higher volume, low intensity for strength endurance. Moderate to high volume with low to moderate intensity for building muscle. And then low volume with high intensity for strength. So depending upon the specificity of the sport, volume intensity are going to vary from the beginning to of the program to the end you know towards that end goal whatever that end goal happens to be so where people can go a little overboard is with sets it can be really easy to think that you're not doing enough because you're only doing three reps at 85 percent so maybe you do six to eight sets but we want to keep in mind total volume for that exercise eight sets at eight at three reps for 85% for strength adaption equals 24 total reps. That's a shit ton of reps at 85%. And that's the same as doing three sets of eight reps at 65% to build muscle. So we don't necessarily just do the same total volume and switch up the sets and reps when we're adding intensity. You know, and having a really solid understanding of volume includes total volume for a movement variation. So earlier I mentioned movement patterns and how a back squat is a variation of a squat. So any squat, lunge, split squat, step up, et cetera, it's a squat variation. So you want to then consider not only the total volume for that squat movement pattern within that day, but also how much of that movement variation and that movement pattern including split squats, lunges, all that kind of good stuff. You know, how much are you including within the whole week? So don't just focus on the day, which is a small moment in time, but how that day fits in a week, month, three months, six months, a year. You know, how are you fitting that into a total program? So for the goal of strength, we want to optimize the total volume for that adaption at the lower range. Because at some point fatigue is going to set in to a point that you can no longer get the adaption that you're looking for, right? This goes back to episode six, maximum effort equals maximum results. And we talked about the rate of force production in episodes 17 and 18. So if you are doing a shit ton of reps, shit ton of volume, then at some point you are going to be so fatigued that your movement and your force production is going to be slow and possibly you're going to have shitty form because you're not doing it in the right way because you're so fatigued from the the amount of volume at that much weight that your form and everything else goes down the toilet. So you want to find that sweet spot, you know, and this leads us from volume into load and intensity to help find that sweet spot. So load and intensity in relation to strength and power training, intensity is the amount of weight that's lifted and that term intensity can get really confused with how hard the athlete works you know a good example is HIT training high intensity interval training where the exercise performed is extra is performed at an all-out effort for a certain number of you know reps rounds time what have you but in this case we're specifically referring to the load and the weight that's lifted So in order to follow along with the principles of overload and variation, intensity like volume changes throughout the training program. So generally speaking, we want volume to decrease when intensity increases, right? If we do three working sets, meaning we're not increasing weight each set, rather we've warmed up to that weight, which we will then do for three whole sets. And say we do eight reps at 70%, that's 24 total reps at a fatiguing load, not including the warm-up sets and reps we wouldn't also do 24 total reps and certainly not eight reps per set right at 85 percent right so we may instead do a four by three which is half of the total volume because the intensity is so high because we want to find that sweet spot right we want to find that place where we do the maximum amount of effort into that work and still get that adaption before we hit so much fatigue that our adaption goes down the drain. So that's not to say that we can't rearrange sets and reps for higher sets and lower reps for a higher intensity to increase total volume. You know, in fact, there actually have been some studies to show that old school mentality of doing 10 to 12 reps per set for hypertrophy, hypertrophy being building muscle, may not necessarily be what we have to do so we can create the same stimulus with more sets and less reps when total volume is is equal but again we still work at lower intensities for the purpose of muscle of building muscle because you know we are also thinking about fatigue muscle damage and the risk of overtraining so we always have to consider how each of these variations don't just fit within one day like i said that's just a small window moment of time we want to consider how it fits in with a, within a week, month, etc. So remember, everything for a purpose. It all wants to fit together for a whole, whole uh, view of that program. So now that we've discussed those three variations, we want to look at how we can combine those three variations within a program. So the three variations, like the three principles, aren't exclusive. They work together. And the goal for the sport and for the individual is to determine how those three variations are created within a training program so whatever the goal and the specificity of the sport the training program can't be limited to only training those specific movements volume and intensity you know if you're looking to get stronger at the deadlift squat and bench then you're not necessarily only doing high intensity, low reps of the deadlift squat and bench. You want to consider what else you can incorporate, what other movement patterns similar to those three main movements can help. And the benefits of those variations that will produce adaption in a progressive way. So for instance, higher volume at lower intensities can really improve both endurance and power speed, depending upon the exercise selection both of which are going to be beneficial at producing strength when that's programmed correctly. So it's really important to know your goal and to know the specificity of your chosen sport. Not only what the goal is of your sport, you know, say max strength for powerlifting, strength power for Olympic weightlifting, you know, etc. But what is your goal as an individual? you're unique you have your own goals you have things that you know that you have to work on those are your weaknesses or your strengths and it's really important to know your goal and the specificity of your chosen sport to work towards those so your goal as an athlete will change from three to six months in a given sport compared with five years in another sport you know specificity and end goal should have a timeline to it and that timeline whether it's three months six months or a year that's going to become our map, which we base our training program on. So without a timeline, we cannot properly design and implement the principle of overload, which can, you know, be properly utilized one or more times throughout the whole training program. Because as we get better, we supercompensate, we raise our, our current baseline, we get better. And that means that we have to base our program moving forward on th- that new baseline. Right? So, last but not least in order to de- determine how we would overload the system for adaption we also need to include variation by specifically designing exercises volume intensity rest periods frequency all of that in a progressive way to then reach that super compensation that's how we're going to increase that current baseline so unfortunately if somebody doesn't have a coach who's programming specifically for them it's really easy to become a program hopper And to get stuck in that never ending search for the golden program that's going to bless you with mighty gains and God or goddess like physique and Olympic gold medal performance, right? That's all we want, right? But a general program that you find on the internet and isn't programmed for you as an individual might not be the best thing. Is it going to help you to get better? Well, yeah, of course, it's better than complete randomness, right? So one of my graduate professors, Matt Rea, and another researcher, Brandon Alderman did a meta analysis that included 105 studies cited from 1962 to 2000. And they looked at the effectiveness of periodized programming versus non-periodized programming. So the analysis concluded that there is a greater benefit of following, following a periodized training program, regardless of your age, your gender, and your training experience. So something is better than nothing. If you're sticking with the plan that is, as long as it is a periodized, not complete randomness where you pick a workout off of the whiteboard, as long as it's periodized and it has a specific goal that you're working towards and you stick with it, you're going to see results. It's really hard though, for people to know what to do. You know, is this program the right program according to what I personally am looking to achieve? The short answer to that question is find a coach who is going to program for you based on your sport and based upon your individual needs. So whether you choose to take up advantage of expert advice and guidance or you want to go it alone, I decided, you know, to put together these podcast episodes as well as a YouTube series on programming to provide you with some more foundational information and underlying principles that will help you to achieve whatever goal you are. I also wanna give you some more information. You know, some coaches out there would uh, chastise me for giving all of this information because I'm basically giving it to you for free. However, I believe in education. I believe in knowledge, knowledge is power. And I also like for even my own clients to have some autonomy to their programming. I, I work with them as a partner, not as a hierarchical kind of relationship where I'm an overlord telling them what to do. You know we work together we communicate and we find what works for that person and having a little bit more information with which to make your decisions really helps you to be a really good client and good athlete because then you can have some sort of determination into the direction of your program so i hope this helps if you have any questions comments snide remarks please reach out i would love to chat with you uh if you want help with programming You know, also reach out, uh, you can come to East Coast strength and pockets Connecticut and we can work uh, together exclusively, or, you know, I can do remote programming. Um, the world is your oyster in terms of that, of course, subscribe to the resilient strength podcast and to the YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more information on the series, as well as for more information, just in general on how to get better inside and outside of the gym. Hope this information has helped you guys out and I will talk to you guys later. Thanks. Bye.